0: Welcome back to One Winning Pie, where the Ravens are victorious against the Bengals in the jungle. They did what they couldn't pull off the last three times they were there without Lamar, but this time Lamar was there and Lamar was on point, and victory was ours, gentlemen. Did we enjoy that weekend of Baltimore sports?
1: Oh my God, yeah, it was incredible. I know I wasn't here for the uh, for the preview episode, but you know, at, at the time, I wasn't feeling good about the win. I thought the Bengals were gonna bounce back in a big way at home, but uh, yeah, once we secured the dub in uh, in Cincinnati, and then you know got to watch that ninth inning and then the extra innings for those, like wow, that was uh, that was a pretty great hour. I was I was pretty pumped for the rest of the afternoon.
2: It was incredible. Um, I don't think you get many sports days for your your home clubs as as great as that. Outside of championship days or, or days when there's big playoff wins, um, we, we've been waiting for this win, right? We, we, ever since that that time, Cincinnati just just spanked our ass. Beginning of 2021, out of the blue, the Ravens with you had injuries, but there was no reason for that game to get that out of hand. And then since then, you know, with the exception of the Monday or excuse me, Sunday night game, that was a great win. That was a great win, but it wasn't a defining win. I don't think it was fine. I felt like a win where. The team that had the ball last, which in that case was the Ravens, won that game. Very even game. Uh, this one was different. This was a tone setter, in my opinion. Uh, the final score, Ravens were only ahead by three points, but that game was not that close. Uh, I don't think the Bengals ever had a shot at this game from the opening possession. Lamar Jackson is the guy I think we need to talk about first when we talk about this game. Because Make no mistake, this was a team win. Uh, across the the board, uh, offense, defense, okay, special teams. We'll we'll get to that. That was a little that was a little suspect, but offense and defense came into this game uh, <laughs> just ready to take control. That's what they did, and the tone was really set at the beginning. That first drive, I think, was so important to getting control of the game for the Ravens, and they never let go. Once the after getting the touchdown, that opening drive chewed up over half the the clock in the first quarter on that drive. Uh, just excellent. Exactly what you want to see on your team's, on the first road drive for your team in the season against a division opponent, the division opponent that you're expecting to be in main contention with for the title. Um, look, this team wasn't perfect yesterday, but they did so many things well. It, this was just such a great win.
0: I think the thing that was really cool, Is we talked about against Houston. Oh, they weren't like super duper sharp. They're rusty. They need to improve. But we are also like, oh, they're holding something back. And then the first drive, I I classified as fine art. And I wasn't being like hyperbolic when I said it in the group chat that I was like, it moved me. I was so moved by how like excellent that drive was. And like, it just felt like exactly everything they wanted to have happen, happened. We had Zay getting a penalty to continue it we had lamar almost you know on third down being you know rolled out of the pocket couldn't find anybody but he was able to cut back and get the yards and a scramble to continue the drive um it just it had a little bit of everything had some good runs um and it just was so nice and like you said peter took half the first quarter And it was funny because I remember Burrow said, oh, we're not going to get many touches, so we have to make them count. And after that happened, I was like, yeah, you sure aren't. (laughs) The Ravens are cooking. And I think the second that they did that, I had confidence the whole game that they would be able to score if they really needed to. Um, And the big thing I had after this game, I messaged to the group, is that I feel like this was like the first win since the second week in 2021 where we beat the Chiefs, where I was like, okay, like this team knocked somebody off their back that had been bugging them for many games and they they have their swagger i feel like this this game gave them back swagger that they might have been missing for a long time
1: yeah i don't yeah i i, I kind of get what you're saying i mean i i feel like the the thing to keep in mind though is like still it's like we As as much as i like want to believe that that gave them their swagger back in 2021 like I mean that season. I mean we know how it ended, right? But
0: I think it's I irrelevant. Mean, they were, eight, what were they, eight and one, eight and two. Like they had a lot of swagger, and Lamar went down.
1: Yeah, but I mean, uh, I don't know. Like yes and no. Like the swagger has to be like you know it can't be fickle swagger. You know it's got to like actually last for a while. Like yeah, they were really like, like, good. I don't know, man. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, it was painful. Like I know what you mean, right? It was like yes, yes. It was one of those games at least from the fan perspective, like. Certainly going into it, you're like, okay, well, you know, this team hasn't been able to knock off the big teams, right? We we lost to the Bills in the playoffs the year before. The Chiefs had kind of had our number in a couple of matchups before then. And, uh, you know, now the Bengals, right? They've, they've had our number. So, yeah, like, from that perspective, like, you know, especially for the fans, like, yes, like, it feels really good to be able to knock them off and say, like, okay, this team can beat the best of the best. But, you know, the, I mean, the ultimate question is can they do it enough and do it late in December, and into January, you know, February, right? Um, now, all that being said, like, you know, there's a lot of potential in front of this team. Yes, like, you know, we think at this point they can do it. Um, but uh, but I, I wanted to get back to kind of what you guys are mentioning just about, like, the, the balance of that offense. And, yeah, I think to, to me I kind of wanted to pivot a little bit into just how surprised I have been watching Munkins offense in that, you know, the past game we expected there to be a jump, right? We just personnel wise, it's completely different. There's so much more talent on this team. Um and, you know, we expected it to make a jump, but to me the the key for this offense right now is as it stands is that the balance is incredible. I mean we're still running the ball almost as effectively, if not just as so as we were under Roman. I mean, Gus is averaging still five yards a carry. I mean, Justice Hill looks really good. I know he's had, you know, not as many positive runs, but, I mean, in terms of just, like, how he looks from, like, an eye test, like, he looks like a completely different runner. He runs with power. Um, he's picking up, you know, key yards and, and, and you know, things in critical situations. So, um, a lot of, I mean, a lot of credit to, to Munkin for figuring it out and, you know, putting a product on the field that, I mean, has the balance that we're looking for
2: that balance is is so key what you said it's really the thing that's been most striking with this offense you look at uh yesterday Lamar Jackson attempted 33 passes and for rushing we had 37 rush plays so that's really split right down down the middle there um and of course some of that was was Lamar scrambling as well but look you, you saw 10 carries for Gus Edwards 11 for Justice Hill you, you love to see this um maybe dobbins could have been a workhorse if uh he he hadn't gotten injured i'm not sure but <clears throat> you know justice hill ha- has never shown in his career really that he can get consistent plays right i mean far from it so he's not ready to be a guy who can take every carry and gus edwards um we've only seen him be a starter who's getting the bulk of the carries for a limited amount of time you know we're seeing him get split out in this backfield so that uh you're seeing that balance there as well. Lamar's still getting his runs as well, but there's much less designed. We've seen some design runs in the first two games, but so far a vast majority of his rushes have been coming when the play breaks down and, and then we need him to go on his feet and, and, and first try it. He certainly seems like he's trying to push the ball down the field with his arm. And he has on a couple of occasions been able to do that, um, But yeah, just a a bigger focus on just what the rest of the league is doing, for lack of a better term. Um, This offense, you can see it when Lamar drops back. He's going through his progression. Sometimes he's going in on his first read, but there's other times you could see, particularly in this game when he had a lot of time to throw. He's looking around the field. He's scanning. He's looking off his first and second, going to his third read. You can see the difference through two games. And now I do want to caveat the first two games in 2019, when Greg Roman took over for as offensive coordinator, those those games were really great too with the offense. You know, <laughs> we scored even more more points in, combined in those first two games than we scored in these two games. So it is still early returns. That said, these early returns have looked like this is going in the right direction. This is the direction that we had been calling. Most of the fan base had been calling for this offense to go. So early returns are checking out great. We have to see how this ages, but. Right now, this team is is on the right track to make the most of the offensive weapons, uh, the talent that they have at those positions and and make them the biggest headache they can for opposing defenses. I think to piggyback
0: off of that, you're seeing them target seven players with three or more targets in this game. So they're basically saying every one of those weapons that we know we have, that we've talked about all offseason, are going to be involved and at any moment they could have their number called and you can't just think, oh, they're running four routes, but it's going to Mark Andrews. You know, <laughs> in the past, you were like, "They're running, they're running routes, they're they're running routes," but <laughs> who's getting all the targets? Right, the target share was was so condensed. Now the target share is very widely distributed, and I think that helps a lot. And I I think that's what they were almost establishing in this game. Uh, I think it was intentional to get. Everyone involved. It wasn't just um, Odell getting injured halfway through the game and having to to come out and giving snaps to Aguilar. No, Aguilar was involved before that, and Aguilar was continuing to be involved. And Duverde had a lot more involvement in this game than he did a week ago. Um, and then, of course, J.K. Um, is gone, but Hill and, and uh, I guess I don't know if Edwards got any catches, but Hill definitely got a couple catches. They had a couple plays designed to him and also that amazing uh, <laughs> shovel pass to kind of get out of trouble. I really do like that aspect too of the offense that the running backs are getting used a lot more as checkdowns. And I think that's a little bit better than having Lamar run uh, every single time. <laughs> like I, I'm glad that he has a, a passing option as well, because sometimes I felt like in, in the Roman offense with his legs being the checkdown, there were times he got caught cause there was no, there weren't nowhere he could go. But sometimes when he has nowhere to go, he's able to find that running back in the flat. So I think it's a, it's at an extra dimension. And if he doesn't yeah. go there, he uses them as a blocker. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I feel,
1: I mean, you know, on that point of having a check down option, like one, I feel like common, you know, thread we've seen with like a Monk in offense now is um, Bateman seems to be running a lot of these like shallow crosses and, uh, you know, getting involved in that way. Um, you know, a little bit more in the intermediate game as well, if we're looking his way uh, there. But I, I feel like kind of, with the way the routes have been going, you've been seeing a lot of those underneath options to kind of give Lamar that read, uh, you know, as he's scanning through and 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 having a dump off option. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's great to kind of have you know different layers to it, right? You got the running backs at, at, at some layer, and then you got Bateman, and then you have like you know the rest of the receivers kind of out there. It's it's funny you mentioned the uh, you know uh, not not going to Mark Andrews all the time, Alec, because I, I feel like in the broadcast, I don't I don't I guess you didn't probably see that because I know you weren't uh, watching live for the whole time, but. I think during the broadcast when, uh, when they ended up taking that shot to, um, Andrews who didn't come down with the touchdown the first time it, I think the the broadcasters kind of called it out, right. Cause they were throwing it up and yeah. they're like, well, <laughs> they probably, Lamar is probably going to OBJ, but Andrews is there. And Andrews is like, well, this is what I usually do. So I'm going to try to catch it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't catch that one. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was funny too, because <laughs> Odell was like right behind him, <laughs> yeah, which is like one of the few times that there was like, I don't know, lack of spacing or whatever. Um, that's another just beautiful thing like you see a guy catch the ball and he's the only one around <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and I'm, i think at the end of the day too like I'm, I'm with peter like first two weeks like the nfl still has to figure things out and they will like the, the people are going to adjust to the Monken offense things are going to not be as you know uh, as fun as they are right now uh with time but uh you know all that being said like yeah i think we're, we're, we're seeing a lot of different options. I think a lot of um, different ways that monk can be creative and have success. So, I mean, that's always a good thing to see. Um, one, like, kind of minor improvement that, you know, I feel like I was griping on a week one. Um, it's just kind of like Zay's usage of we were kind of force-feeding him week one. Um, this game, I felt like, I mean, we're actually using him uh, not as much, but, you know, in a more effective roles. So that touchdown pass, um, or sorry, the the deep ball to, to, to Zay, um, early in the game. Like, I mean, that was just a beautiful route by him of being able to split the safeties and and get open. And then like the catch was incredible. So, I mean, that was just like a, you know, I look at that. I'm like, okay, like that tells me Zay is like the guy, like, that's a great catch. Like you don't see that very often. And I just, I loved it just from the, you know, it's not necessarily using the same way as we did in week one. I think we still tried to kind of give him the ball in, in the sort of like jet sweep sort of motions, like once or twice, but it was a little bit more spread out.
2: Yeah, Definitely and going back to that, uh, that catch by Zay, I think we also have to give a, a lot of credit to Lamar on that throw, too. I mean, that that throw, I, I'm I'm just watching it back again right now as we're talking about it. The offensive line gave him an incredible amount of protection. He had a ton of time back there to just let that play develop. Um, and we'll get to the offensive line because that was a huge part of this win. But, I mean, you you look at this... At this pass, and, and also when this pass was, right. This was right after the Geno Stone interception. So, look at like we 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 got them. We flipped the field, right? We <laughs> kind of what what uh, they did with to us with Trey Hendrickson, except ours took a tad longer to develop. You were able to get the ball back in a situation where Cincinnati was looking to go ahead. Go ahead. They're in the red zone. Geno Stone comes through with that clutch interception, gets you the ball back, and then immediately you go for the for the gut punch. That deep ball downfield, hit him almost fully in stride, and between two safeties, there's so many throws we can point to for Lamar today, or, or I should say Sunday in that game. That one that right there might have been the most impressive of several impressive throws that he made. And again, this is another big reason why the Ravens won this game and the Bengals didn't. Again, we're talking about the situation that this this play was completed. You know, just looking to get back momentum after the Bengals just had the momentum taken out of them. And you go and you, and you, make, that, um, you make that deep shot. You don't play it conservative. You, you see that you have something you can do there. You get the ball in the red zone right after that interception. Um, that was huge. And I think that that is something that, that might go underlooked in this game when you just look at the final box score. But really the big reason that the Ravens were able to pull this game off was because in critical situations in this game, the Ravens continually produced and the Bengals continually floundered.
0: Yeah, that was a cool one. Apparently they, I mean, I, I I saw when they tried it, They, they did throw an earlier pass to Zay and they had it. It just was slightly overthrown and they were like, let's go back to it. We can beat them. And sure enough, they did. That was discussion during halftime. And I also found it interesting, like, kind of, not to cut the head of the defense, but Gino called that pick before the game, because they knew that they liked running that kind of route co- concept, and when they were in that uh, formation, they called the play, and he was, like, very confident he was going to get it, and then Roquan said that he was, like, he turned around, and it was, like, watching the ball go in his hands, like, come on, catch it, catch it, catch it, <laughs> like, make the prophecy happen, <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, that that was awesome, and yeah, you're right. Like the way that happened back to back, I kind of forgot about it in the moment. Like one thing about back into the game until I did my rewatch, it's like pick huge swing, awesome, feeling great, and then they just unload <laughs> to get down to like the 15. Um, on that that huge pass, it, and it was uh, yeah, quite the one two punch. I think my favorite pass though of the game, I would say, is that back corner. Uh, or back shoulder pass to Aguilar, because he threw it open. It wasn't open. There was no reason to assume <laughs> that he would be open. I mean, you know, they practice and they have trust in the guys, but he threw it well before he was open, <laughs> you know. a Huge anticipation throw, something we didn't see too often um, in the Roman offense. I'm glad to see that they have that in their bag of tricks, and uh, that was, I mean, it was stellar. No one could catch it except for him, and and he sure did.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. Growth we're seeing from Lamar f- from the passing perspective. Kuya made that throw in years prior. I can't say, though, because we that's not a play that we would <laughs> see under Greg Roman, right? Um, th- that's a play that, that's, that's similar to what we're seeing in the preseason. We see it now in the regular season. And you're right. Lamar threw that ball on his back shoulder right where it needed to be. Um, it was an excellent anticipation throw. And credit to Aguilar this game, um, a guy who, when we originally signed him, There wasn't much fanfare there. A lot of the fan base was like, oh, this isn't the move we need. This is just another, you know, Sammy Watkins move, another Des Bryant, what you'd say, you know. But this guy was, we heard reports from training camp that he was uh, performing well, being consistent. And in this game where it looked like Odell Beckham was going to have a a big game, uh, he certainly had some production early on. He goes down. You need someone to step up there. Um, and and B, had veteran presence. Aguilar was able to go in there and he rose to the task, had a great game, had the touchdown, like we said, had several other catches over the middle. It's incredible the wide receiver depth we have this team. We've never had wide receiver depth. If a receiver goes down, we're we're always screwed. Like, I, I don't need to remind anyone of that. We all know that. That's unspoken. But Odell went down, and this is something we knew there was a possibility that could happen this year. We know Odell, he's older he's our age so he's older (laughs) he's had a lot of injuries in his career there was there's no guarantee that the guy is going to be able to play every game this year now reports from Harbaugh are that the injury doesn't seem that serious so I'm expecting that we're that there's going to be a chance he can play against the Colts so he might not miss any games outside of just the second half of this one but yeah I mean this is an offense that has guys at the wide receiver position who can come in and pick up the slack if someone's having a bad game or in the unfortunate case there's an injury and that's huge we've never, we've rarely have had this in in Ravens history and it was really great to see Aguilar step up and and keep the train moving with this passing attack um when Odell had to exit the game
1: I think it's a good segue Peter um another you know I wanted to kind of bring up uh, before we get to the defense but another um really fantastic depth on this team right now offensive line um Patrick McCarry and uh you know Mustafer. I mean those guys like I I mean it was incredible like Trey Hendrickson you did not hear his name called at all this game and a huge part of that was on McCarry. um just for completely shutting him down like you guys said like Lamar had plenty of time on a lot of these plays um I you know and you know huge credit to those guys because going into it you're like you know we know the Bengals have a pretty formidable front four and um, and clearly you know playoff game last year I mean that was the difference in the game right the the failed QB sneak to to flip the script so and in this game I mean I, I, like I said there, there was really no mention of them completely silenced it was Never would have expected that. I mean, that would have been like the boldest of boldest predictions that like Trey Hendrickson like didn't get any tackles or like any sacks or like you know QB hits or anything. Um, I would have never called that. But I mean, just credit to those guys. I mean, McCarry's incredible man. I just like. I mean, obviously, you know, we we. I think it may be easy to forget that the Bills playoff game was not his finest hour, and I'm sure that he would admit to that. But it isn't just incredible the turnaround of like a guy who was not good enough for center at the point, and then became this sort of backup swing tackle interior lineman center sort of thing, and now has had to play more extended time at tackle to cover for Stanley. And this guy just keeps getting better. Like I'm I mean I, I mean I'm not gonna claim that he's gonna like start over Stanley or anything. Like I don't think anybody would claim that, but just the it's just incredible that the drop off right now like a lot of fans don't see it so i mean huge kudos to him man. i, I mean he definitely deserves uh all the game balls for for his effort uh against his team
0: patrick McCarry is like i don't know the handyman in the family that can solve any problem he's just he he might not be professionally trained so to speak you know he wasn't he was an undrafted guy not a uh not a you know high pedigree guy but he's able to come in and do, like you said, Chris, just perform at any position on the line and plug a hole. And in this game, he was basically perfect. The one thing that I thought was very interesting from the Monday presser, and this is another, I guess, kudos to Chris, is that uh, they were going to go with him at left guard if no one emerged. That was the plan. They had a conversation with him. They're like, you're going to be left guard if no one emerges from this battle. But... uh we really also, like, like ideally someone does, and then you'll be our, our backup guy when someone inevitably goes down. And I think it's really, um you know, selfless of him to be like, all right, like, I'm not going to be mad that I didn't get a starting job. I'm going to be okay with being this utility player and making sure that when an inevitable injury on the offensive line happens, I will fill in and, and solve the problem. And I think that's a huge team player aspect of him. And uh, just, like, quintessential McCary, Um kind of one of my favorite players on the team like low key just like you know lunch pail guy
2: love a lunch pail guy I mean he's he's been just incredibly valuable for this team Um, another success story of the Ravens finding an undrafted guy and making him into an, an incredibly valuable contributor at the NFL level what the Ravens were able to do here with going against this this Bengals defensive line which is a, a very strong unit um is is just incredible. Only a single quarterback hit on Lam- to Lamar Jackson for the entire game, credited to Sam Hubbard. That same unit sacked Deshaun Watson three times in week one and had you know only five quarterback hits, but still <laughs> just much much uh, man. It what's incredible is that This whole unit, even the guys who played last week, it just looked completely different. I don't know what exactly happened. Maybe it was just week one rust. Maybe it was just these guys on the Texans' uh, defensive line were more athletic than the team was expecting. But everyone looked like they were absolutely ready to play. Uh, Zeitler had an incredible game. Simpson looked like what he had looked like in the preseason. Um, Moses looked quicker than he did in week one. The whole unit played incredibly well. And really, when we're looking at this offensive performance, as great as Lamar was and everyone else, the offensive line made this happen. This was not a case of the offense, having skill position players having to figure out what to do on a teetering ship. It was a rock solid foundation and and just an incredible rebound from a shaky performance uh, in week one.
0: The only thing I want to really see out of the offensive line to take them to the next level, less penalties. A lot of our penalties came from the offensive line in bad circumstances, too. We ended up with like a first and 30 when we were supposed to be right on the goal line. And you guys see that cleaned up. It raced a lot of plays as well that were good plays. So we just need to work on that. And then I think this offensive line could really be exceptional.
1: Well, I think moving over to the defense a little bit, uh, we talked about the offense for a good bit, but, um, you know, another really strong performance, I think, uh, especially on the defensive line. I mean, I think, um, you know, Clowney, I thought, uh, played fairly well against the Houston game. I thought he kind of took another uh, step up uh, against the Bengals, was uh, really productive, uh, which really, you know, that play only really came about because of um, O.A. exiting the game in, I believe it was the third quarter. Uh, We still haven't, to my knowledge, I don't think we've heard anything from Harbaugh about that. I feel like he's kind of keeping it close, but something to monitor definitely going forward, uh whatever you know his health situation is, obviously it was not something that I expected. I was hoping he'd get me all those quarterback hits again, but for my bold prediction, but uh you know obviously you know we we hope he's uh we hope he's healthy and everything's good there, but we'll see with harbaugh you know
0: it was a little disappointing because uh I was looking forward to him going against um Brown because that was kind of like how he got him was with that trade. And, uh, yeah, we didn't get as many touches against him as I'd hope, but we'll play him again later in the year and he should be okay. Uh, I'll, I'll mimic Harbaugh and his presser. Oh yeah. Uh, we got a lot of new information about those injuries, but, uh, I'm going to keep them to myself. <laughs> Nothing major. <laughs> he was in a walking boot. Oh, he was, um, you know, probably probably a two or three week twist through or something on the ankle. I don't know, but we'll, we'll see. I,
2: I'm just, i that's total speculation, but it's, uh, it's our ball. <laughs> <sighs> we just can't seem to exit a game without an injury to a key player. Uh, hopefully, like you're saying, it's, it's only going to be something that's, that's for a couple games. But, yeah, I mean, going back to Clowney. Um, had his first sack as a Raven. Uh, excellent play in the second half. But, um, yeah, he was all over the place with the pass rush. Um, constantly in the backfield. I don't know. I thought that Clowney was washed, but I've really been impressed with him these first two games. I think that he's showing a motor here. I will say that I really don't like the number 24 on him. It's incredibly easy to to lose him <laughs> because I'm just not expecting someone uh, coming from where he's coming on the field to be wearing that number. But um, look, we all want Bowser back and we still don't know when that's going to be. But right now, Clowney is is feeling great, and I think that if he continues to play like this, when and if Bowser comes back, I think Clowney's still going to have a spot in this rotation. Um, he's just done a great job so far in both the pass and the rush defense, and yeah, we're going want to see more of him. He's been doing great. The big
0: thing that's just been incredible about these last few games against the Bengals, although this might be the only one we were victorious in, the defense has had their number. And this offense, as considered very explosive in any other game, is not against us. We completely stifle them every single time. They may have scored 24 points, don't get me wrong, 17 of them being offensive points and not special teams, but they just don't do it in a, a fast way, that's for sure. They're never going to score that many points quickly because we play that, that cover two. They have to be very methodical and take what they can get. Um... And we're really good at rallying to the ball and tackling. We got really savvy linebackers that I think that's like... I feel like that's what we did, guys. We we bought these linebackers to be able to say, we're going to be able to get any of these like dink and dunks. And hopefully you won't get a first down. You know, with a little bit of variance, a tip ball here, you know, not a completion. We're going to be able to get you out off the field. And I, I think McDonald has so much to do with this his his scheme is perfect against this team and I think it's a very winnable formula game after game if the defense plays like they are and the offense can just put up some points (laughs) like they'll win they'll win every time um and I I really think we're gonna lose McDonald unless uh Harbaugh retires (laughs) because like he's gonna be a head coach soon I think the whole league is thinks he's a, a genius let's
2: not get too far ahead of ourselves, but
0: (laughs) no, seriously, dude. Yeah. Everyone goes to his, he like holds like his summits and like, he gets like huge, like, uh, turnouts apparently. Like he, he's very well regarded in the league and I feel like, uh, he'll, he'll, he'll get a, he'll get a head coaching job. Even though everyone loves to hire offensive coaches, every once in a while a franchise will hire a defensive coach. And I I think he's going to get a gig.
2: I mean, I think he should get a gig, but you know, Anyways, (laughs)
0: Anyways, <laughs> serves the selfishly, you know,
1: can we keep them for you know more than like two years? <laughs> yeah. That's like one stat I brought up about the Bengals. Like they've had their offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and special teams coordinator for like the last like three years. Like, what the? I don't know why Anoramo. An- An- like for example, like you know how, well, nobody's offered him a job. Like
0: <laughs> their defense is played good. Like
1: man, why do they always have to poach Ravens coaches? Come on.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I honestly think he might be. Uh, I don't know, like. He he feels he feels like a perfect coach too for a head coaching gig, because like he's young, he could be the next Harbaugh, like at a praise for like thirty years, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like if he just like kills it like a Tomlin, you know, like it,
2: yeah, I don't know, good for him. Well, I think it's undeniable that the Ravens since twenty twenty one have found a formula for how to get the Bengals out of what they want to do uh, on offense. Um, it's it's crazy, and and look, I get it. I get it. it you know, it, we see how difficult it is to to fully cover a team uh, going into you know the preview episodes that we do. It's just when you're not a fan of another franchise and you're only seeing them, you know, in, in passing on Sundays, you don't know all the ins and outs. But what, what's crazy about going into this game is, is you heard it all throughout the media and uh, all the fantasy podcasts. And look, I don't even, I don't even t- take part in listening or reading that much of the national football coverage and the the big thing that everyone was saying was that Jamar Chase owns the Ravens and he's going to have a huge game I I guess overlooking the fact that 2022 happened and the Ravens held Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase in check I I don't know apparently everyone's research just skipped last year but Look, it was a new season, and again, look, I was a little nervous that we might see Chase have a pretty decent game. You know, 120-ish yards and a touchdown seemed something reasonable. I don't think that we were expecting, even with this depleted cornerback room that we had, for what happened in 2021 to happen. That was just because of, of injuries of epic proportions. Like, look, the Bengals are never doing that on the Ravens again. But still, I mean, th- we came in here with no Marlon Humphrey – uh, and no Marcus Williams, and we're yet again for the fourth time in a row able to keep the Cincinnati passing attack at bay. The Ravens have a formula here, and hopefully the Bengals uh, don't catch on to it. But it was it was crazy to me. I know that the Browns took Chase out of the game too, but we were able to as well. And now uh, Burrow apparently strained his calf, the same calf that he was uh, out of, um, you know, the preseason for. I, th- I think this was a perfect game here by the defense to kind of mess with the psyche a bit of this team. You know, I don't want to look too far ahead, but this was a huge game as far as the standings. Now, you know, the Bengals, you come in here, you're now 0-2, two losses in the division. Your star quarterback is, has nursing an injury, your number one target is just completely just completely not able to get in sync. Um, the Bengals, they're going to have to press on the accelerator and figure out something uh, quickly. I mean, this is a team that already is behind the eight ball only two games into the season.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. From like a Bengal strategy, I mean, yeah, you're going into week three probably with a backup quarterback already behind two games in the division. Like that's a bad spot to be in. So, yeah, I mean, you know, they, they probably, you know, they they will once people get healthy, once Burrow gets back healthy. Like, they're they're going to figure things out. It will happen. But it's just a matter of, okay, how much do they have to catch up? You know, we'll obviously see. We'll, we'll see what the records are when we replay them in, um, I think it's November. but uh, November 16th. You know, either way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but either way, yeah. Ravens are in a great position right now. I mean, you'd much rather be, you know, the Ravens position, um, even with all the injuries. Like, being 2-0 ahead of the Bengals, your your prime division rival at that point, like, you love to take it. Um, especially with, you know, a lot of these injuries, too. Like, you know, obviously we'll see, but Marlon can come back. We'll feel a lot better uh, with him kind of, um, you know, shadowing whoever, you know, he needs to, um, you know, that that situation. But I, I did want to pivot over to the corners, though, kind of continuing along that thread a little bit. And that, um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but – I feel like the you know when, with with some of the injuries and then just kind of the uncertainty of the position uh even going into the preseason it I feel like it's been a little bit harder for me as of like the first two weeks of just like following you know kind of the cornerbacks and like okay where their matchups are I feel like I'm I'm still kind of trying to feel that out a little bit but one thing I did notice against the Bengals I feel like um you know there was no assignment like nobody was trailing anybody it was you know everybody sort of covering um, whomever and then it was uh, really kind of on the Bengals to be able to pick the matchup that they wanted um, you know and I felt like for the most part like it, it was kind of spread around I feel like the only guy who was kind of consistently picked on was maybe Ardarius Washington and let's be honest I mean it was just a physical mismatch if you put T Higgins on him I mean it's just he's got like eight or nine inches on him like I, I feel for Ardarius. like I think he played good technique I think he's a very physical player but you know you can't expect him to kind of win all those jump ball situations, so I I don't really blame him in that in that uh, <laughs> you know situation. But um, but I just want to kind of ask you guys like have have you noticed any any anything from like the corner situation around like different matchups or you know been paying attention to that at all?
0: Well, I thought it was interesting. You saw Rockisson and Darby alternate series out there, and they both had great games. Rockison on the highlight reel with that. uh Jamar Chase strip in the end zone, and I think uh, those two are playing well. I think Stevens is playing phenomenally. He played 100 of snaps, so he is like basically corner one on this team at the moment. And I th- and I have a, pr- a prediction, bold prediction. I think when Marlowe comes back, they're going to roll with Stevens, um, Marlowe, and like I, I'm Darby or Ro- or Rock, whoever. And they're gonna alternate uh, Marlowe into the slot for these mismatches that we're speaking of, because uh, they're not gonna let that fly. And and Ardari- or, um Stevens is better on the outside anyways, uh, better for his technique. So I, I I think that's gonna be the combo. I wouldn't even surprise me at all. And uh, it's gonna it's gonna be a beautiful thing. Uh, th- prayers out to Ardarius though. He's on the IR with some chest injury. Seems kind of random. Um, so hopefully it's not a uh, serious thing and he's able to come back and, and be healthy. Yeah. The Ardarius news
2: was, was surprising. I mean, we found that out what just a couple hours before recording this that came out late this afternoon, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean nothing obvious from the game that I can recall um, came out from there. Uh, So, you know, unfortunately for him, uh, he had a great preseason was, was playing well and, He's going to be out for some portion. Um, I mean, we don't have any confirmation yet if if it's season ending, right? We don't know anything about it. I mean, uh, part
0: of me is hoping it's not like a condition because like uh, he tweeted out, you know, never take for granted the time you have out there or whatever. And I'm like, because I don't don't remember him getting hurt during the game. So I'm like, did they find some weird condition or something? I don't know. I'm not trying to speculate. I just, I don't know what it is. (laughs) It's just, it's a little concerning the way it happened. Like, did it happen in practice? I don't know maybe we'll find out more on uh the next media availabilities.
2: Yeah, we'll see. Um I mean I, I didn't I didn't read his uh his his tweet as as ominously as, as that. I guess I read it more as just, you know, this is a guy who um hasn't been on the field terribly much for his career, so just frustrated that you know, he he had an opportunity here and he's going to have to to take some time out. I mean gosh, look at his career. Uh, Sunday was only his eighth career uh, game in the NFL and it's not like he he was on the field terribly much in 21 or 22. So yeah, I mean, you know, as far as the secondary, I think it's still a work in progress. I think that the the coaches are still trying to figure out too, you know, which of these guys in, in which situation is going to go. I, I agree. I think Stevens has really shown a lot these first two games Um He's made a lot of big plays, a lot of big hits, too. He's, he's made a lot of, mm-hmm. of hard tackles as well. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I said after the Houston game, they played great, but it was kind of hard to, to gauge how much we could take from that because we didn't know the level of competition that they played. Well, look, they just did the same thing against Cincinnati. Cincinnati, obviously, is a, highly, a lot of high-quality players on that team. Um, and we just saw... Houston, we saw their passing game get going against the Colts uh, this past Sunday. So again, still only two games, but I think now we can we can really have some some hope that this group is going to be able to uh, hold things together while we wait for Marlon to come back. or wait for Marcus Williams to come back, hopefully at some point this year. Look, and, and a thing that's really helping them is the play of these safeties too. Geno Stone, um, we know that he had the the kind of disappointing preseason game against the Bucks. Uh we didn't read too much into that because, you know, of of just what his track record was last year. And of course we could have been wrong about that, but this game he's stepped up in addition to the pick. He had some other plays out there. And Kyle Hamilton hasn't made a ton of splash plays yet, but when he's been in there, he's he's been doing well. He's been playing against a run. Um he's had some big hits. So look, this secondary right now. Again, I, I, it's still a position group that I'm still a little worried about just because of all the new faces. But some positive returns here in the first two weeks, and you know, there's there's some real a real chance that this group's going to be just fine. Indeed, I have optimism based
0: on uh, everything you said that uh, this group, what which has, like you said, some holes uh, or like not holes, but like there are some concerns around it. But I feel like they're answering those concerns faster than the concerns are piling up. And they're trying in the right direction towards being a unit that that the team can depend on. It's so critical in today's NFL. And I I think they're basically like how the secondary goes is how the team's going to go. Because I feel pretty confident in the front seven dominating run plays. And it's all just about how we can uh, cover
2: these pass plays and we'll be all right. Before we head out, uh, out and talk about MVPs, I do want to, again, shout out Patrick Queen, who had another great game yesterday. Um, Really looks like he's uh, poising up for a big year. Um, He looks like a much more confident player. His tackling is much improved. Um, He's playing with a lot of swagger out there, a lot of confidence. Uh, Patrick Queen, in a contract year, uh, great start. Great start. He's, He's been playing really well. Uh, we saw that against Houston, and and that continued in this game against Cincinnati.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah, it's just, it. You know, I mean, I feel like he kind of had the start last year too, but it just, it, it, I mean, just what what a change from his rookie year, even even year two. I mean, there were so many doubters, and just, I mean, heck, I mean, we you know, week to week, we were critical of him too, right? Um, you know, there are a lot of things we didn't like in the first year or two, but I mean, now it's, it's very clear, like, you know, in no way is he a weak spot on this defense. Like he is one of the star players on this defense for sure. So, I mean, credit to him, man. I mean, he's what a, I mean, what a, what a growth from him. Um, uh, but yeah, he's, he's going to get a big payday. Uh, remains to be seen who's going to pay him. Um, I, I certainly think the Ravens, you know, if coming out of this year, if, you know, if, if the defense is really, Playing really well, I th- there might be a shot the Ravens bring him back. Um, you know to try to keep the tandem together. I certainly think it helps. um You know with the the Ravens sort of wanting to play this sort of like cover two defense. I thought that was a great point that you made earlier, Alec. Of you know with the you know the Ravens having the linebacker core that they have, just being tackling machines that can run side by the sideline. Like really, like you can put almost whomever on the outside. Like as long as they can cover their zones and keep things in front of them. Like just have the linebackers clean them up so like maybe there might be a chance uh that we can keep clean for longer but um would certainly be nice um you know if you would ask me a couple of years ago if we would have done that like you know the answer for almost everybody would be absolutely not (laughs) so what what
0: a great turnaround for him lots of players proving us uh not wrong per se probably wrong but like a lot of players just like exceeding expectations you know put them in a box I think that they are going to be this kind of player and they, they continue to grow. And uh, I think we'll talk about a one or two of them in our MVP section. Boys, you want
2: to go first? I mean, I think the unspoken MVP in this game is Lamar Jackson, but um, we would really like to shout out players who, who don't usually get the spotlight in this situation or, or maybe, you know, not as consistently. Um, I gotta give mine to Aguilar. Again, stepped up when Odell went down Shame for Odell. It really looked like he was poised to have a, a big game, but next man up, Aguilar came in there, uh, was excellent, had the touchdown catch, and the passing game didn't miss a beat, so he gets mine.
1: I already mentioned it earlier, but mccarry I mean, just... Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm still just, like, blown away. And Hendrickson just was a non-factor in this game. I mean, he's been such a disruptive player for them. 100%
0: McCarey. Excellent. Yeah. That Algalar is what I was talking about, man. I, I feel like he was such a sneaky signing. The guy's a true professional and, uh, he's been just nothing but excellent, honestly, like way exceeding expectations. Um, I think he's probably demonstrated some growth. I mean, I remember watching him with the Eagles. <laughs> it's not a mystery. And, uh, and his time with the, with the, what, the Patriots and, uh, and Raiders, right? Kind of jumped around a little bit, but, uh, yeah, this this stop has been a great stop so far, and hopefully, uh, I'm hoping he could be a part of our plans for the future. Honestly, I think he only had a one-year deal, so it wouldn't be the worst if we were able to kind of keep him around for a little longer. But uh, mine's going to go to Stone, because that guy came in for Williams. Obviously, we're hoping he can come back. He elected not to have the surgery, and is rehabbing, and he's not going on the IR, which kind of makes you think he might be back in a, a couple weeks Huge win for the team if that's the case. I think Stone will still get plenty of snaps, but he's been able to fill in whenever Williams goes down at quite a high level and really let this defense continue to be a scary force. A lot of the time when we talk about how good this defense was at the end of the year, Williams was still not playing with us. It was with Stone. So I think the, the defense has such a high high floor, unbelievably high floor, and, and basically ceiling unlimited. So I can't wait to see how they continue to play as uh, more and more pieces come online. I like that Rush reference in there. You just subtly... <laughs> Let's go. It in. You didn't really <laughs> notice. Why well, say unlimited ceiling when you can say ceiling unlimited? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll wrap up the show. Such an excellent win. Let us know what you thought about this win and what your favorite moments were. You can do that on Twitter at Pod or email us at gmail at gmail.com. Later in the week, we'll be talking to Pete about... Colts preview and we'll see if the Ravens can go 3-0 to start off their 2023 campaign Go Ravens!